We hope you enjoy this podcast from Light Church Edithburg. To find out more about us, visit lightchurch.co. Right. How are we doing today? Are you well? You're good. Good eye. Hey, if uh, we haven't met, my name is Ben. I'm one of the pastors here, and it's good to have you here. And uh, we've been uh, looking at the book of Luke. And uh, Luke's one of the Gospels and one of the four books that really looks at the life of Jesus. And Luke, uh, he was a doctor. A doctor. And uh, the other, Matthew and, and John, they, they, they met and walked with Jesus. And, and Luke heard the accounts, the eyewitness accounts, and was commissioned to write a book. And I love Luke because it's got a bit of detail. It's the doctor in him. The doctor in him puts in uh, a bit of detail into it. And so we're just looking at this, this book at the moment. I encourage you to uh, read it along with us. Grab it. And uh, today we're going to look at a whole chapter. A whole chapter. We're going to look at Luke 15. And there's uh, three parables, stories in this chapter about a lost coin, a lost sheep and a lost son. And uh, I think it's an incredible chapter that reveals God's heart. And so we'll read it in just a sec, but let's just pray. God, this is your church, your word, and I pray only your word be remembered, God. And I just thank you for every person here, God. You know every single person here, and you love us, you're for us. You know our past, you know our present, you know our future, and your love is exactly the same for all of us, God. And so we just invite you to speak to us, to, to be Lord in the name of Jesus. Amen. I'm going to start reading Luke 15, verse 1. And it says, tax collectors and other notorious sinners often came to listen to Jesus teach. This made the Pharisees and teachers of religious law complain that he was associating with such sinful people, even eating with them. So Jesus told them this story. And we'll stop it right there. So this is the context of this whole chapter. Is that Jesus is, is hanging out, eating with people who the religious leaders didn't like. Uh, the religious leaders, the Pharisees, they, they had their own kind of idea. And Jesus was eating and, and hanging out with and talking to people who didn't quite measure up to the religious leaders' standards. Uh, according to the Pharisees, you're either with them, you're either in their standard, you're either in their group, or you're not. <laughs> you're in their circle, you followed their rules, you acted their way, you met their standards, or you weren't. It was them and us, me and you. Uh, and they were getting annoyed because Jesus didn't uh, follow those rules. Darren shared last week that Jesus came to proclaim the good news to the poor. And that poor just wasn't referring to those about money. It was those on the outsiders. It was the lepers. It was the diseased. Uh, in those days, it was people who weren't on the same standing. It was the women. It was the children. It was the elderly. It was the prostitutes. It was the tax collectors. The tax collectors were the bottom of the barrel, even though they were really rich. They, they stole from their own people, so they were hated. And Jesus is talking and hanging out with the prostitutes, the tax collectors, the lepers, the widows, the children, and the Pharisees, the, the religious people. Like, Hang on, that's not our group. That's not our circle. That's not who we associate with. And Jesus obviously didn't agree with them. <laughs> Because of how he acted. I love how it says notorious sinners. I wonder how you become a notorious sinner. That's a special level of sinning. 
notorious. So this is where we're reading this. And so in response to these religious leaders, these Pharisees getting a bit ticked off, Jesus tells them a few stories. I love how Jesus used stories. And uh, let's read from verse 4. It says, If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the ninety-nine others in the wilderness and go to search for the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he will joyfully carry it home on his shoulders. When he arrives, he will call together his friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, because I have found my lost sheep. In the same way, there is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God over 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. Or suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one. Won't she light a lamp and sweep the entire house and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she will, carry, she will call in her friends and neighbours and say, Rejoice with me because I found my lost coin. In the same way, there is joy in the presence of heaven in the presence of God's angels, when even one sinner repents. Two stories about a lost sheep being found, about a lost coin being found. The next one, which we'll read in a little bit, is about a lost son. Uh, first and foremost, uh, we can take that down, thanks Andrew. First and foremost, this whole chapter is about God's heart. This chapter, the man in the chapter, the father, which we'll read about in a minute, the woman, all represent God, and it's about God's heart for the lost. This is what this chapter is about. It's about God. It's actually not about the coin. It's not about the sheep. It's not about the sun. It's about God. It's about God's heart. God's heart is for the lost. And what does that even mean, the lost? I think sometimes the, the lost, the found, it's used by Christians as a bit of a uh, upper nose, like a, a bit of a, uh, they're, they're lost, we need to help them. No, it's not like that. What does it mean when God talks about people who are lost? Well, each and every one of us were created to know God. We'll have a purpose we were created for. God has a plan for each and every one of us. God knows you and me. He designed you and me. He formed us together in our mother's womb. He knows our future. He knows our present. But the foundation of everything, what we're all created to do, and it's been so since we were created in the Garden of Eden, humanity, we were all created to know God. Each and every one of us. We all exist in different circles. We all have different personalities, skills. We all look different. But at the core, we are all the same because we're created to know God. And when we don't know God, we're lost. Because we're not where we're meant to be. We're meant to be with God. We're meant to be walking with God. We are created to know God. And if we don't know God, we're lost. That's what it means. We're lost. You know, I lose, I lose a few things. One thing I always lose is one of my hats. And uh, sometimes it's my fault, sometimes it's not. And sometimes I'll just put it down somewhere in the house. And uh, the table looks good, the drawers, I don't know, I'll just put it somewhere. And uh, sometimes I'll put it where it's meant to go. Uh, and sometimes I'll just accidentally drop it. Uh, for instance, uh, sometimes I purposely drop it, but sometimes I accidentally drop it, and then one of my daughters will grab it and hide it. Like, it, it, I'll just lose my hat for lots of different reasons. And sometimes I realise, oh no, I lost my hat. I wonder where it is. And sometimes I've got no idea 
until I accidentally find it, because I've got other hats. Right? I lose things all the time. Sometimes I'm aware of it. Sometimes I've got no idea. Sometimes it's my fault. Well, generally it's my fault. Sometimes it isn't. Right? Humanity, many people don't know God. They're lost. And sometimes they don't even know it. Sometimes they've never even heard of God. Sometimes they're on a journey to know about God. Sometimes they knew God and life maybe has gotten in a way. But we can be lost. We can even know God and be lost. Because everything that happens. This chapter is about lost things being found. God's heart is for the lost. Jesus, his heart is for the lost. Jesus said, uh, sick people don't need a doctor. Sorry, healthy people don't need a doctor. Sick do. God's heart is for the lost. And uh, notice in these two stories that the man found the sheep, the woman found the coin. God finds us. God finds us. It's actually the whole gospel. The gospel is a word for good news. The whole good news about Jesus is that he found us. That God decided that, hey, he's going to come to earth in the form of Jesus take sin and death onto himself, remove it once and for all, to give us life, <coughs> to restore us, to forgive us. God finds us. Now, we don't find God, by the way. God finds us. His love comes to us. His whole mission, his whole purpose is for us. God finds us. God's heart is for the lost. So we have these two stories. The, the man leaves the 99 sheep, goes to find the one. The woman loses one out of ten coins, searches the whole house. What does this tell us about God's heart? Well, first is that the, um, God values the individual. He knew all 100 sheep. <laughs> she knew all ten coins and she knew and he knew when one was missing. I love how when God's with us today and God doesn't just see everyone all together, although he does see us corporately, but he sees us individually. That God knows every single person here. God knows every single person in our community. He created every single person. He knows every single person. He formed every single person. He's got a purpose and a plan for every single person. God values the individual. God values the individual. You know, I found when I'm in Adelaide, when I spot someone I know, but they're from Adelaide, I always see them before they see me. And I don't think it's just because I'm really kind and caring, even though that might be a little bit true. I don't, I don't think that's the reason. I think it's because in the country, you're used to just looking at everyone. And you're used to seeing everyone. And you know, generally, you know a fair few people. And so when I'm, I live in Aldrossen, so when I'm walking in Aldrossen, I'm making eye contact with everyone just because if you don't, it's a little bit awkward, right? If you're the only person walking and you just ignore them, it's a bit, it's a bit weird in the country. It's a bit awkward. It's a bit rude, right? If, actually, if you do ignore them, you're actually being really rude. Uh, if you do that, stop doing that. Um, but uh, <laughs> you're used to making eye contact. You're used to saying hello. You're used to seeing people. 
And so when I go to Adelaide, it's like I'm on overdrive. I'm like, I'm just seeing everybody. And then, and I'm seeing people I do know, I don't know. And uh, I'm just like looking at everyone. Oh my goodness, there's so much to look at. And then, and I spot someone I know. And I'm like, oh, I know them. And they just see the crowd. They're so used to living in the crowd. They don't see anyone. They just see the crowd. They don't even bother looking. Ask my mate once. I'm like, how do you not see all these people? And he goes, oh, I just see everyone. They're so used to being a crowd. They don't even bother seeing an individual person. They just see people. What I want you to know is God sees you. He doesn't see the crowd. He doesn't see He sees you. He sees me. God values the individual. His heart is for the lost. His heart is for the individual. My second, I love this. It, it says he carefully searches for the lost. <coughs> Think about these stories. The man goes and searches for the sheep. The woman lit a lamp and swept the entire house <laughs> to find the coin. Now, when I lose my hat, I'll look in the one spot I usually might leave it, and that's it. You're lucky if I even look there, right? Generally, if it's not right in front of me, I'm not going to look that much because it's not that important. Now, if I lose my wallet, I'll probably look a bit harder, but there's still an extent to that, right? It gets to a point where I'm like, look, I'll just call it the bank and cancel the car. What's the worst that can happen? Right. But this man, this woman, searched until they found the sheep, until they found the coin. Imagine searching a whole house for the coin. I think of my girls and, and I've got two toddlers and where they put everything. I'd find so much stuff if I searched for a one thing. I'd find everything I didn't want to find. Right. But the man and the woman who represent God searched carefully that's God's heart it's not a it's not a oh if they come to know me it's a bonus God's not up in heaven like oh look I know everyone and if they know my love that'd be great but whatever happens no God carefully searches for you and me for our community that's why he came to earth he carefully planned it to remove sin and death. His Holy Spirit is at work in the community, carefully searching. That's the value God has. I love the picture with the sheep. He joyfully carries it home. Farmers, just imagine for a moment. You've got a hundred sheep. One disappears. You find it up a hill, down a terrain... Now your ute can't get there because it's too... So you've literally got to put it on your shoulders and carry that sheep five kilometres home because it's injured. How joyful are you feeling? I reckon after 20 metres, you'd be ready to have some lamb chops. Right. No one's joyfully carrying a sheep home for five kilometres. There's nothing joyful about that. So why is it joyful? Because that's effort. Why is it joyful? Because that's how much God values the individual who's lost. It's joyful because of the outcome. It's not joyful because of the process. It's joyful 
because of the outcome, and the outcome is someone knows God. So when we put in effort to love people, to try and bring them to God, to introduce them to God, it's joyful because of the outcome. When God restores us and loves us, it's joyful because of his heart. That's why it's joyful. I love in both stories that they throw a party. (laughs) Imagine, it's just, It's purposely ludicrous to kind of get our attention because it shows us God's heart and God's love, which is so beyond our... Just imagine, right, if Dave, one of our farmers, called me up on a Wednesday afternoon, Ben, I lost a sheep for 12 hours, but I found it. Come on over, we're having a party. I'm like, Dave, it's a bit weird. And uh, I've got stuff to do. I I haven't got time to celebrate one of your sheep. Right. It's, Sarah calls me, Ben, let's even, I found, a, I found one of my $20 notes, it's even up the ante a bit. I'm like, Sarah, I could have given you that, I don't care. Right, I'm not coming to a party. Because I don't value that enough. Right. It has to be important to celebrate, right? We celebrate weddings, some birthdays, you know, uh, 21st, the odd 50th, the first. By the time it gets to the second birthdays, I'm like, oh, come on, we're pushing it. You know, anything above 21, not worth it until you're about 50, maybe, I don't know. Even then, uh, I'm not a big birthday person in case you haven't got it. But if you're going to have a party, it better be worthwhile. Every Italian says, do you want a party for your birthday? I'm like, oh, no, that just sounds like too much work. I'll just watch the footy, thanks. And, uh, it's got to be worth it to celebrate. That's how much the individual is worth to God. It says every single person who is found, every single person who comes to know God, every single person who understands, experience God's love, there is a celebration and rejoicing in heaven. That's how much God values and loves and heart is for the lost. That's pretty cool. That's God's heart. Now we come to the third story. And I think that Jesus' point is quite clear. Remember, he's talking to these religious leaders who didn't like Jesus hanging out with people who were lost. Right? I think his point, we've, we've just looked at it a bit, it's pretty clear, right? <laughs> but he just kind of brings it on home. And we'll read uh, Luke from verse 11. To illustrate the point further, Jesus told him this story. A man had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now before you die. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. A few days later, this younger son packed all his belongings and moved to a distant land, and there he wasted all his money on wild living. About this time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land, and he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him, and the man sent him into these fields to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him, but no one gave him anything. 
When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, at home, even the hired servants have enough food to spare, and here I am dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, I've sinned against both heaven and you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Please take me on as your hired servant. So he returned home to his father, and while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father said to the servants, Quick, bring in the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet, and kill the calf we have been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast. For the son of mine was dead and now has returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found. So the party began. I love how this time the story gets a bit more personal. The lost sheep, well sheep, sheep are dumb. Uh, lost coin, coins are leaving alive, even though it's symbolising. Then we read the lost son, who was rude, <laughs> asking for his father's inheritance before he should get it. Made horrible choices, complete lack of respect, complete lack of honour, complete lack of appreciation, complete lack of integrity, complete lack of self-control. Wasted his dad's whole life work on wild living. You don't have to imagine too much what wild living looks like. Not only is this guy lost, it is 100% his fault. No one accidentally lost him. Like you lose a coin. This guy is lost and it is 100% his fault or no one else's. 100%. You can't blame anyone else. He asked for the inheritance. He wasted it. He's returning home. But what do we see? We see God's love for the lost. He sees him a long way off. He's looking for him already. God's looking for you and me. God's looking for our community. He's there looking, waiting, searching carefully. The dad who represents God runs to the son. In those days, men don't run. He was indignant. You don't run if you're a, a man in the Middle East in that time. right? But he didn't care what he looked like because that's how big and how great his love was. He ran and he embraced him. God's love embraces the lost. Not because of what they've done, but because of the Father's love. He not only embraced them, but there's all these cultural things. They put a ring and sandals, and it's all about restoring his place in the home. The son came back and said, hey, I'll just be a servant. You read it back. The dad doesn't even reply to that. He just hugs him and puts a robe on, puts sandals, you think, a ring on his finger. He just restores him to his place as son. And then he celebrates. That's God's heart for the lost. It's looking, it's embracing, it's running towards, it's restoring, and it's celebrating. That's God's heart for the lost. And there's no asterisk or footnote. God's heart is for the lost, but not the da 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 you see in the records sometimes, and I think the, the sporting championships and COVID will have it, will have the 2020 asterisk shortened season because of COVID in the footnote. 
So you won it, but you didn't really win it. Like, that's why I didn't mind it. The Crows weren't very good in COVID because it doesn't matter. It's not a real win. Right. You're not... God's heart is for the lost unless they make some bad decisions. No. God's heart is for the lost no matter what. No asterisks, no footnote, no buts, no ifs, no maybes. God's heart is 100% for the lost. So God values and sees the individual. He carefully searches. He joyfully carries them home. He celebrates. He embraces. He runs to. He restores. That's God's heart for people who don't know him. You know, there might be someone here that you, you haven't been walking with God, you maybe even never heard of God. God loves you so much, he knows you. He knows your past, your present, your future, and he's ready just to walk with you and give you life, freedom, forgiveness. It's so good. But what about the people who've been found? If people are lost, there has to be people that are found, right? Found. Well, I'll put me in this. It's actually the same. God values and sees me. God searches for me. God joyfully carried me home. God embraced me. God restored me. God's love ran to me. God celebrates me. God values and sees you. God restored you. God embraced you. God celebrates you. It's the same. Because without God, we're all just as lost as the fella in the mud. We're all lost. It's all our starting place. And we all need God. Jesus' story didn't end with the son coming home and having a party. He actually continued on. In Luke 15, 25, and it says, Meanwhile, the older son was in the fields working. When he returned home, he heard music and dancing in the house. And he asked one of the servants what was going on. Your brother is back, he was told, and your father has killed the fattened calf. We are celebrating because of his safe return. The older brother was angry and wouldn't go in. His father came out and begged him, but he replied, All these years I've slaved for you and never once refused to do a single thing you told me to. And in all that time you never gave me one of your young goat for a feast with my friends. Yet when the son of yours comes back, after squandering your money on prostitutes and celebrate by killing the fattened calf... His father said to him, Look, dear son, you've always stayed by me and everything I have is yours. We had to celebrate this happy day for your brother was dead and has come back to life. He was lost, but now he was found. The older brother was angry. He was judgmental. He felt like he wasn't loved or appreciated. It was really all about him. <laughs> what he deserved, what he earned, what he missed out on, what he lost, his reputation, his worth. 
The older brother didn't have the same heart as the dad. The dad's heart was for the son who was lost, was for the lost. The brother's heart was for himself. God's heart's for the lost. Our heart needs to be for the lost. When we don't have God's heart, we can become judgmental. We can become cynical. We can stop celebrating. When we lose our love for the individual. Read verse 31 again. It says, his father said to him, he's talking to the older brother, Look, dear son, you have always stayed by me, and everything I have is yours. The older brother always had the inheritance. He always had the blessing. He always had the relationship with the dad. He never lost any of that. But he did lose it because he lost his same heart as his dad. He lost the relationship. He lost a bit of the blessing, the abundant life we're promised. He lost a bit of that because he had a different heart of his dad. And when we, if we're following Jesus, if we lose God's heart for those who were lost, if we lose God's heart for those who don't know Jesus, we end up just like the older brother, cynical, judgmental. We don't see the individual, we don't celebrate. And because we don't have God's heart, we lose a bit of that abundant life. We lose a bit of that blessing. We lose a bit of inheritance because when we're when we don't have God's heart, we're actually out of the will of God. Because God's command is love God, love each other. And when we lose God's heart, we lose the life we're meant to have. God's heart's for the lost. Which we all fit into that circle. And if that's God's heart, it needs to be our heart. When we know our family, when we see our community, our workplaces, if we follow Jesus, our heart has to be for those who don't know God yet because they were created to know God. When we have God's heart, we value and see the individual. We carefully search. We joyfully carry home. <laughs> we celebrate. We embrace. We run. We work to restore. That's what our heart looks like when we've got the same heart as God. Psalm 51 verse 10 has an incredible prayer from the book of Psalms. 51 verse 10 it says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. What a prayer. Create a clean heart, O God. Renew a right spirit within me. We need to have God's heart. Hey, we're all lost. We all need God's love. God sees and values every one of us. God joyfully carries each one of us home. God carefully searches for each and every one of us. For each and every one of us, God's love runs to, embraces, restores and celebrates. If you don't know God, if you're not walking with God, or maybe you used to be, you're not anymore, wherever you feel like you fit in there, I want you to know that God loves you and his love is running towards you, embracing you and restoring you. No questions asked. 
That's God's love. That's the power of the cross. The cross is real love because it restores, it gives life, it gives freedom. For those who know this life and freedom, we get to be careful that we don't become like the older brother. Losing God's heart. Losing our value for people. Losing our heart to search, to carry home, to restore, to embrace. When it becomes about us, <laughs> instead of others, we're in trouble. When our lives become about us instead of others, we're in trouble. When our church becomes about us instead of others, we're in trouble. When our little connect group becomes about us instead of others, we're in trouble. Because God's heart is for the lost. And you can see this older brother was just as lost as the younger brother who went off. He did it in a more dramatic way, <laughs> but just as lost, just as distant from the Father's love. I wonder if we just have the keys. In a minute, I want to pray this verse in Psalms over us. The verse that says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, renew a right spirit within me. But first, I just want to pray for anyone who feels like you're not, you don't know God or you're not walking with God. Because God loves you and he knows you. And what I might get you to do is just, I'm going to ask you to close your eyes if, if you feel comfortable with that. And that's purely for privacy. Because what I'm going to do is I'm just going to give you a chance to respond. I'm going to ask if anyone wants to make a decision like the son did to return home to where he was meant to be. I'm going to ask if anyone wants to make a decision to start a life of God, to follow God, to follow Jesus. And what I'm going to ask you to do, if that's you, I'm just going to ask you to put up your hand. And the reason why I've just asked everyone to close your eyes is because it's not anyone else's business, but yours and God's. And sometimes in a room this large, it can feel a little bit intimidating. And the reason why I'm going to ask you to raise your hand is because I'm going to pray for us corporately. I'm not going to point you out. I'm not going to drag you down the front or do anything that, that embarrasses you or makes you stand out. Uh, what it does, it's like an outward action of an inward feeling. And then I want to pray for you. I'm not going to pray you by name or point you out. I'm going to pray for everyone corporately. But I want to give you an opportunity because we're talking about people who don't know Jesus, who aren't walking with God, who are lost because they're not where they're meant to be, because we're meant to be with God. We're created to know God. We're created to walk with God. He's, he's, he's set out life, forgiveness, freedom, abundant life, eternity in heaven, heaven on earth. And we're made to know his love. We're made to know his peace. We're made to know his strength, his freedom. And if that's you, if you feel like you're not walking with God and you want to start, when I count to friends, I'm just going to ask you to put up your hand quickly. You can put it down again. And it's like an outward action of an inward feeling. It just sets it real in our hearts. And with every eye closed of privacy, I'm just going to count to three and I'm going to pray for us all together. If that's you, one, two, three. Holy Spirit. And I thank you. In one way or another, we all start lost. We all need you finding us, your love, your grace, your freedom. So God, I just, whether we've been to church one time or a thousand times, give us a new, a fresh reminder of your love. 
of your freedom, of your cross, of your resurrection, of your life, of your power. God, we don't want it to become old news. We don't want to get used to it. Your love, your grace, your freedom, how you see us, you value us, you search for us, you carry us home, you embrace us, you restore us. That's not old news. That's the best news we will ever come across. And God, we don't want it to get old in our hearts. We want it to be refreshed, new life. God, give us a new experience, new revelation of your love, of your power. In the name of Jesus. And in a minute, I'm just going to pray for us. And then maybe you can sing a bit of a song or just have a moment of worship. I'm going to pray this prayer from Psalms. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. If you've been around church a bit, if you know Jesus... Sometimes we can become like the older brother. We, we lose God's heart and sometimes it becomes about us. But God's heart is for the lost. So our heart needs to be for the lost. When our heart's for the lost, we value and see the individual. We work for restoration. We joyfully carry home. We search carefully. We embrace, we love and we celebrate. So God, as a community of faith, if, if we've lost a bit of your heart, we just repent. We just come back to you, to your heart, your love. We realise we're, we're all lost, found by you. And so God, I just pray this Psalm 51, I pray over myself, I pray over every single person here today, God, that create in us a clean heart, oh God. Renew a right spirit within us, God. Create in us a clean heart, God. Renew a right spirit within us. God, we want to have your heart. We don't want to be like the older brother, cynical, judging, concerned with things that don't matter. We want to have your heart that sees, that celebrates, that restores, that values, doesn't judge, embraces. And God, we can't do it by ourselves. We only have what we receive from you. So we come back to your love. And Holy Spirit, I just ask that you do whatever you see you need to do in us. God, as we just worship a little bit to finish off, God, I pray the worlds we're in, the community groups, the workplaces, the towns, the streets, the different places we go, God, give us a heart for people. Give us a value for people like you do. God, everyone we know is created in your image. God, everyone we know was formed by you. God, everyone we know is loved and valued by you. So God, give us your heart for people. God, give us your heart. Give us your heart in the name of Jesus. Let's just spend a little bit of time in worship. God, we pray for our community. We pray for our towns. We pray for our workplaces. We pray for our streets. We pray for our sporting clubs. God, we pray for people who are lost because they're not with you and they're meant to be with you. They're lost because they don't know your love. And God, we pray for them that they would know and experience your love. 
that they will understand and experience your love, your freedom, your life. And God, we think of those people. We think of the family members. We think of the colleagues. We think of the people we come across in our daily life. The shopkeepers, God, we pray for those people, God. You know them. You love them. And we prophesy your word. We prophesy life. We prophesy freedom. We prophesy your peace. God, you came to restore and give them life and freedom, eternity in heaven, heaven on earth. So we bring them before you. We stand in the gap and we pray for them that they would know your love, that they would know your freedom, God. And God, a lot of the time, you use men and women of God to restore. You use men and women of God to, to bring people to you, God. Use imperfect people to, to bring, introduce people to you, God. And, and God, give us a heart for those. Help us to value and see people as you do. Help us to embrace and restore, to search and carry home as you do, God. To celebrate as you do. And God, as we go this week, God, give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to perceive, opportunities to love, to talk, to invite, to shine your light. Because it's not even the power in us. It's not our doing. It's your power. It's your heart in us. God, we just want your heart. And as we go through these weeks, God, I pray that you continue to do it in us. It's not a once-off thing. But God, as we meet with you, as we talk with you, God, we just pray that your heart just grows more and more in us. Just as Jesus did. Had time for all people. God, let that be the same for us. That we can just point people to you, God. God, I speak over this week. I just pray that this week will be full of life. It'll be full of love. It'll be full of your joy and peace. It'll be full of opportunities to, to illustrate your love, to point people to you. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. And uh, have an incredible week. Hang around for a coffee and catch up with someone.